So we're starting a, a new series, and this is going to be a very important series. It's urgently important, and I'm going to tell you why. It's only going to—you just have to endure maybe, maybe six of these sermons. I've always wanted to preach from Romans chapter 8, probably the most powerful, most meaningful chapter in the entire Bible. And it's about time—obviously, we've been in and out of it, but let's preach through it. Also, chapter 6 and 7 will have to be mentioned. But I've, I'm going to entitle this Spirit Man. You got me? Not Superman, Spirit Man. And let's get into it, all right? Let's get into Romans chapter 8, just uh, so we have our text. And it's kind of the text for the whole series. Chapter 8, beginning in verse 5. Those, and this is, uh, I believe, from the, from the uh, Passion Translation, so it sounds a little different. Those who are motivated by the flesh only pursue what benefits themselves. But those who live by the impulses of the Holy Spirit are motivated to pursue spiritual realities. For the mindset of the flesh is death. But the mindset controlled by the Spirit finds life and peace. Does anyone think this is important. Is this not life or death? Wow. In fact, the mindset focused on the flesh fights God's plan. Hello, what's happening in the world today? And refuses to submit to his direction because it can't. For no matter how hard they try, God finds no pleasure with those who are controlled by the flesh. But when the Spirit of Christ empowers your life, you are not dominated. Maybe this will be a shouting message. You are not dominated by the flesh, but by the Spirit. If you are not joined to the sim, now Christ lives his life in you. Oh, that's important. How many think that might be a whole message right there? He lives his life in you. Oh. And even though your body may be dead because of the effects of sin, or we could say your, your body is aging because of the effects of sin, his life-giving spirit imparts life to you because you are fully accepted by God, fully accepted. A few more verses. Yes, God raised Jesus to life. And since God's spirit of resurrection lives in you, he will also raise your dying body to life by the same spirit that breathes life into you. So then, beloved ones, the flesh has no claims on us at all. And we have no further obligation to live in obedience to it. Oh, I love this. Ah, praise God. Verse 13 and 14. For when you live controlled by the flesh, you are about to die. But if the life of the Spirit puts to death the corrupt ways of the flesh, we then taste his abundant life. The mature children of God, are those who are moved by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. 
Woo, glory to God. Have I wet anyone's appetite? Let me give you a homework assignment. Can you go home and read at least Romans chapter 6 and Romans chapter 7? How many can do that? If you want to, go to 8, and that's when you start shouting. Amen. So I'm going to talk about spirit man. You know, we talk about a lot of things in our church, but one of the main themes is that this is a spiritual church. Some people have gone to church for years and never felt the presence of God. That that doesn't make sense to me. There are Christians, and they're Christian, I guess, just because they're forgiven. But they have never submitted to the Holy Spirit. They don't know what it is to experience the, the Spirit in any... And I'm not just talking about, you know, crazy things that happen, but even just the voice of God, just the, just the presence, the feeling that I'm okay because, because he lives in me. I guess you go to heaven just forgiven, but that wasn't why he died. He died to reverse the curse and get us back to walking in the Spirit. Now, we're going to break this down. We're going we're gonna to figure out how this works, okay? This is where you got to put your thinking caps on and follow me on this, and I'm going to explain some things I think are going to be very helpful and will probably, probably change the way you pray and the way you live and the way you walk. Hello? I want to talk for the next few weeks how spiritual life works. We're going to get into the mechanics of it. Come on. And I know I'm going to leave some of you behind because you're still playing with Tinker Toys and don't know how the mechanics work. But I'm hoping that you'll get excited about this. So let me start with this. We need to understand this. We are made in three parts. We have a spirit. We are a soul. And we have a body. Spirit, soul, body. First Thessalonians 5. I'm going to give you word. If I don't give you word, then ignore me. Now may the God of peace and harmony set you apart, making you completely holy. And may your entire being, case closed, be kept completely flawless in the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, the anointed one, the one who calls you by name and is trustworthy and will thoroughly complete his work in you. Please remember, you can't make yourself holy. He is holy living in you. And you just, not, you just need to start walking it out, walking it out. Okay, let's get this. Where does the spirit come from? Where does the soul come from? Where did the body come from? The spirit is God-breathed. Go back to Adam in the garden. He makes a mud pie. He makes a man out of dirt. Hello. You could look at your neighbor right now and say, he ain't nothing but dirt. That's the truth. And that's the body. That's the body. It is made from the earth. We return to the earth after we die. And then the Spirit, then he, what did he do? He breathed into this mud pie. 
And what he breathed is, remember when Jesus breathed on the apostles and he said, receive ye the Holy Spirit. So he breathed. Now, there's spirit capital S and spirit small s, right? It's not, I mean, we have the spirit of God in the sense that if we're saved, we have his spirit. But I want you to understand something. What he breathed in us is from him, but it is our spirit, and it's from his breath. Wow. And all he has to do is inhale to take you home. (laughs) Yeah, altar's open now. Come on. You're gone. All right. But here's here's the cool part. When he breathed the spirit into the body, it became a living soul. In other words, when his breath hit the body, it birthed the soul. And what is the soul? The soul is who you are. It's your personality. It's your volition. It's your willpower. It's, 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 who, it's your intellect. It's who you are. You have a body, you have a spirit, but you are a soul. Okay? That's who you are. It's kind of like, oh, I forgot. I was going to bring a light bulb up here, but how many know what a light bulb looks like? I had to ask. (laughs) Wires inside. The filament. I was going to say filament, but I didn't know what they knew. You have the filament, the wires inside. Mm -hmm. That's the body. And then you have what's called electricity. That's the spirit. Well, you're, you're right on this. And once you plug it in, the electricity hits the filaments and the light comes on. That's the soul. That's what happened when he breathed into Adam. And, and Adam, became, look, Genesis 2-7, Adam became a living being, or literally he became a living soul. He was not before that. Everybody got me. Now, you need to understand something. It's only the spirit that actually communes with God. You say, well, I saw God. No, you're still alive. You may have seen him in your spirit, (laughs) but you didn't physically see him. You would be dead. You have to communicate. I mean, when you, commu- when you pray, I, it starts in your soul. But in order to get to God, it has to go through your spirit. It goes through your spirit because God only communes with your spirit because the spirit is from him. John chapter 4, verse 23 and 24. But the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in Spirit and in truth, for the Father is seeking such to worship him. He's looking for people who will learn how to worship in the spirit. Sometimes we worship in, in, the, in the flesh, which is not wrong. By flesh, I mean we might just decide we're going to dance. That's fine. We may decide, I just feel like running. Well, run. <laughs> you can worship him in your mind, your thinking. Your, but the truest way to worship is in your spirit. 
And all that needs to translate. Sometimes it starts in the spirit, and it gets into your soul, which affects your body, which makes you want to dance. But sometimes it can work the other way. Sometimes you're just not feeling it, but you're going to praise him anyway. So you start raising your hands, and you start shouting, hallelujah. And someone might say, are you feeling the spirit? And your response is, not yet. But sometimes as we do this in our body, it stimulates our mind. And the next thing you know, we're connected in the spirit. Hallelujah. So don't be that guy who sits there, I'll move when I feel it. No, if you move, it'll be a miracle. Worship God regardless of how you feel. Praise is all about the body and the mind worshiping God. Praising God, rather. So it starts with a praise, and it can wind up in worship. Sometimes it starts in worship, winds up in a prayer. How many are following me? 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 17. But he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. One spirit, not one soul, not one body. One spirit when you're joined. Listen to what John said on, in Revelation 21 and verse 10. By the way, I give you so many scriptures we don't have time. And he carried me away in the, carried me away. He didn't whoosh, translate him up into heaven, but he, he got totally into his spirit, and he was actually walking, he was actually in the presence of God, as it were, in the spirit. How many know things can happen in the spirit? Oh, Lord, oh, Lord, oh, Lord. How many are still with me? When Adam and Eve sinned, let me back up. Before they sinned, the Bible says they walked with God in the cool of the day. They had a body. They had a soul. They had a spirit. But their spirit man was in complete control. And they walked with God because they were living in the Spirit. And that energized their body. I, I don't know, but, I, well, I think I do know. They would have lived forever like that. But they ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And now, God says, now, in that day, you're dead. Now, we know they didn't actually die. Adam lived like 900 years. Not bad. 800, whatever it was. But how many know as time went on, everyone lived lesser and lesser and lesser and lesser? I think Abraham lived, what, 120 years? But after that, it just keeps dropping, 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 dropping until now. Some of us don't make it past 70. Uh, there it is. I want you to understand what's going on here. When they sinned, their soul decided to let the body, let the flesh have its way instead of the spirit have its way. Your soul is your volition. It's your soul decides which way it'll go. And it decides who's in charge and who's in control. How many would like to live a life where the spirit, your spirit, is in charge, telling your soul and your body no or yes or do this or, or how many, 
may be may be forgiven of their sins, but are still so wrecked by the but the flesh is still dictating what to do and what not to do. Those are called, if there is such a thing, carnal Christians walking in the flesh. Notice what it said, what the devil said, and Eve fell for. He said this apple or whatever it was, he said it's good for food, it's a delight to the eyes, and it makes one wise, right? Do you know what that translates? Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. 1 John 2.16. Are you getting me? There it is. I told you, I got word. I got word. She literally fell for all three. And she allowed, apparently, because we're made free will agents. And she decided to let the flesh rule instead of the spirit rule. And now death has come in. The flesh has brought death. Wow. And it just literally, it literally, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't kill, sin doesn't kill your spirit. It disconnects your spirit. But you still have a spirit. <laughs> and that's why some people, have, have you, you heard about people, that, most of them are fakes, but some of them really know how to get, uh, can, they're witches and they know how to get connected to evil spirits. Right? You know how they do that? Through the Spirit. That's not connected to God anymore, but they learned how to activate it to get into the Spirit realm. So some of these fortune tellers or whatever they are, uh, uh, how many know Jesus said at the last day, there's people who raise the dead and heal and do all kinds of miracles, but Jesus said, I never knew you. In other words, my spirit was never connected to your spirit. You got some power from some other spirit. So your spirit can be activated, but not towards God. Not towards God until you're forgiven and you experience this word we don't hear too much anymore, regeneration. <laughs> to be regenerated in your spirit. Anybody following me? I, I know I just got to pace myself through all this. Are you okay? Okay. 1 Corinthians 3, 16, 17 helps us a little bit better. Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you. If anyone defiles the temple of God, God will destroy him, for the temple of God is holy, which temple you are. You're the temple. Now, we know in the Old Testament the temple had three parts. I tried to help you there. You know, I put the three up. I don't know how many hints you needed. It had the outer court, the holy place, and the Holy of Holies. The Holy of Holies is like the body. It's open to everyone. Everyone can see it. It's, it's illuminated with natural light. It's the place of nature. There's no covering in the outer court. Come on. It's all about the body. 
Then you go into the holy place. And the holy place, only the priests could go in there. But in the holy place, it's illuminated by man-made light and the candelabra. So the holy place is all the stuff man makes. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the problem today. And it's a real problem today, getting much worse, because man's soul has gone mad. We have totally abandoned any godly wisdom and knowledge. And now it's all about all the weird stuff we can think up in our soul. Pride of life, lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh. Come on. It's the Tower of Babel all over again. And, and our soul, the people's souls are in charge, totally blocking out the spirit realm of God. And they're coming up with imaginations and all kinds of stuff, and they think they're really smart. I mean, they figured out evolution. Some, you know what? They figured out the odds because in order for one, for a, for one species to go to another species, you know, it, it takes an accident of nature and uh, it has to happen. And they figured out the odds of how do you get from one amoeba to you going through monkeys. How does, what are the odds of, of that many mistakes, good mistakes, happening so you can be who you are? The odds are not mathematically computable. It would be like this. It would be like coming into a scrapyard after a tornado, and the tornado took all the parts. Well, we'll even make it an airplane scrapyard. And a tornado goes through the scrapyard, and, and just due to the cause of the wind, it actually makes an airplane. Can you imagine somebody coming in and say, oh, wow, the wind made an airplane. That's how stupid it is to say that we're just made by accident. It's crazy. It is absolute crazy nonsense. By the way, the earth isn't that old either. They keep putting it back and putting it back. They, they date these rocks and say, this rock is a million years old. Why? Because it's in this strata which we dated at a million years. So why did you date it at a million years? Because that's what we think it is. Okay. Circular. <laughs> How many remember when Mount St. Helens exploded and, and then made all this volcanic rock, you know? That hardens in the lava hardens into rock, and they thought they would just go ahead and test it because they knew how old it was. At that point, it was only like three years old. Let's test it. Let's see what our methods come up with. They tested the Mount St. Helens rocks, and they were a million years old. Uh oh. Let's hide that report. That's true. So listen. The soul of man has gone crazy, and they think they're so smart. But please don't submit to the stupidity. Stay in touch with your spirit to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He'll speak to you. 
So you go from the realm of the soul into the holy of holies where no man can go except for the high priest once a year and he had to be covered in oil and the the cloud of incense in order to walk in there. But praise be to God, he lives in the holy of holies and the veil has been ripped and now we can go into the holy of holies which is your spirit, and it's where God resides. The Holy Spirit resides in your spirit, and they communicate if you're saved. But if your soul is in charge, it won't hear what your spirit is saying. And I believe this too. I don't believe in once saved, always saved. I believe you can can reject God. And if you reject God, amen, He no longer resides in your spirit. If you don't want him there, he's not going to be there. But if you want him there, he's there, but you have free will, and you need to decide, I'm going to start submitting to my spirit instead of my flesh. But I have even better news next week. Commercial. The good news is salvation is not just a ticket to heaven. Salvation is the power of God to say no. Somebody, I just can't. You're right. I can't do this. You're right. I can't overcome. The more I try, it's like, I'll talk about this later, but it's like that Chinese thing, finger thing. The more you pull it, the the more you try, I see some of you like you're trying to get something from God and you're, you're about to explode. Relax. It comes by faith, not by effort. It's already in your spirit. God's already walking with you, talking with you. He's already inside you. Oh, my God. Everything you need is in your spirit right now. If you're, if you're connected to the Holy Spirit, You belong to him, and he's living his life in you. Glory to God. Give him praise. Mark 15 talks about this. And Jesus cried with a loud voice and breathed, breathed his last. Then when he died, when he breathed his last, when he let go of all his breath, then the veil of the temple. And this is no little veil. I think it was like six foot thick. I mean, this thing, you couldn't tear it with two backhoes. <laughs> and it ripped from the top, which it was, it was like 20 feet high, about as high as this. Can you imagine? We ought to drop that curtain. There's a curtain right here. If we drop that curtain, it was ripped from the top, from the top. Oh, y'all aren't getting it. If a priest did it, he'd had one of those big scissors. <laughs> he'd cut it from the bottom up. It was ripped from the top down. The priests that saw it, don't you think they should have gotten saved? Can you imagine going to work the next day? The whole, not, not just that it's ripped, but now the Holy of Holies is exposed. I said the Holy of Holies is exposed. It's open. You can come in. You can go in. 
And that happens through the Spirit. We worship in spirit and truth. Titus, Titus 3, 5. To his mercy, by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. Through the washing, say washing, of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit. Wow. So we have three steps. Forgiveness, mercy, washing, and the renewing, the reconnecting. The Holy Spirit doesn't need to be renewed. It's your spirit that needs to be renewed. And the Holy Spirit comes in and renews because sin killed your spirit. You still have it, right? I said that. You can connect to the demon world if you want to with it. It's still there. Most people have no clue it's there. They don't have any access of it. Just a few people figure out, hey, I can get a hold of the demon world, and there, there, there they go. But most of us that aren't saved, most, if you're not saved, you have, no clue, you have no connection with your spirit whatsoever. Maybe an occasional wind of something. <laughs> but my God, when you get washed and the Holy Spirit renews your spirit, a new connection's made, and now a choice has to be made. A choice needs to be made. You are a three-part person, three parts. The question is, who's in charge? You say, well, I'm a Christian. I, I, I don't care who's in charge. You can be a Christian and still act like a devil. Don't look at me in that tone of voice. You can still make all if you choices. And if you keep making those, remember Romans? If you keep making those wrong choices, eventually the Holy Spirit will leave. And you'll have no further connection. It's all about the connection. And in the weeks to come, we're going to go through some of the mechanics of how to literally walk in the Spirit. I'll probably repeat this illustration, but it, I'll close with this. It's like you're sentenced to life in prison, and you go before the judge, and the judge says, you know what? I set you free. I'll forgive you. You deserve to go to jail your whole life, but I'm going to set you free. How many know a lot of people are in jail for 10, 20, 30 years, and they get set free? Hello, Shawshank. <laughs> They get set free, and they don't know how to act. They don't know how to live. So they just commit crimes, and they go back to jail. That's the story of a lot of people's spirit life. They get saved, freed, but they never learn how to live, how to walk. It's one thing to have the Spirit. It's something else to walk in the Spirit. Oh, we're going to lay that out. You got to learn how to walk in the spirit. You don't have to learn to have life in the spirit, but you do have to learn how to walk in the spirit. And they start walking and they don't know how and they stumble and they fall and they make all the wrong choices because their soul never decides to let the spirit have control. And they go back to jail. They go back to jail. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Spirit man. Anybody anybody interested in this series now? 
Paul said it's life and death. Life and death. It's the difference between walking in the garden and walking on the thorny earth. Amen. 